3: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty
4: Show. So this is purely anecdotal, and Joe's probably going to jump down my throat over even mentioning this. But
3: Mm, let me get get loose. and And he might be right.
4: But uh, I saw, I don't remember where it was in the United States, where um, uh, like half the deaths they've had in the last month have been vaccinated people. And then uh, this uh, report I just saw in the UK, they had 223 COVID deaths, the highest daily number of deaths since March. 80% of their population, 12 and older, is vaccinated. So you got to believe that a lot of those people are vaccinated. Is there any chance that the COVID is getting more vaccinated people? I don't know. I don't know. There's so, it takes so long. It takes so long to compile data that can point you in any direction on this thing. And it's been that way since the beginning. Right. And,
3: and it's just... There are so many advocates and so much clickbait going on. I want to actually, I hadn't intended to talk about this now, but that article about the American journalist who's been in Germany for the past several months and how there's so much less weird tribalism yeah. over masks and vaccines and the rest of it. Um, and uh, what was I? that uh, was leading up to something. Uh, jabbed. Off. Oh, um, you got somebody like Colin Powell. Died, though he was fully vaccinated. Well, he's undergoing chemotherapy for a severe cancer. His immune system's depressed. He's 84. He's old as hell. And he had
4: Parkinson's.
3: Right. Yeah. On top of it all.
4: To say COVID killed him, even though he was vaccinated and act like that means anything, is really a stretch. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, people are stretching like crazy. Well, uh, this is not a heavy COVID conversation at at all. I just noticed that a couple of our talk radio colleagues are in the news for COVIDy reasons. Conservative radio host Dennis Prager. Who uh, I really, really admire uh, him and, and Prager, U, Prager University, the uh, series of videotapes that's oh, constantly yeah. getting banned from YouTube because they dare question the intelligentsia, the cathedral, as, as people are
4: putting it. Yeah, there's some uh, great <clears throat> Prager videos I've watched over the years. They're terrific. They do such a
3: great job of advocating for liberty and and the things we believe in. So kudos to Dennis and and his whole team. But uh, he announced uh, yesterday he is recovering from the novel coronavirus, saying he deliberately sought to contract the virus to acquire natural immunity instead of getting
4: vaccinated. Wow. How old is he? Do we have an age in him? 73. Wow. When I'm 73, I'm not going to try to get COVID on purpose. No, I'm getting vaccinated.
3: Um,. I'm broadcasting from my home because I'm not going into the station as I have COVID, he said. I tested positive last week and I've been steadily improving and at no point was I in danger of hospitalization. Hope he doesn't take that horse paste. Uh, (laughs) The 73-year-old founder called it, Infinitely preferable to have natural immunity than vaccine immunity, and that is what I hoped for the entire time. Hence, I engaged with strangers constantly, hugging them, taking photos with them, knowing I was making myself susceptible to getting COVID, which is indeed, as bizarre as it sounds, what I wanted in the hope that I would achieve natural immunity and be taken care of by therapeutics. That is exactly what happened. It should have happened to the great majority of Americans, he concluded. Running Um, up to randos and sticking their fingers in my mouth. Oh, boy. The Daily Beast. Who needs a Daily Beast? Once a week is plenty of beasts for me. Anyway, the Daily Beast warned that Mr. Prager offered dangerous advice to his audience about achieving natural immunity, which could kill a person in the process. Ah, unwad your panties. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know, I wouldn't do that, but uh, he's an interesting guy, and that's what he did. Meanwhile, you got Dan Bongino, uh, who's uh, risen up through the ranks. He's, he's He works primarily, I think, with Cumulus Radio as as do we 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 have a relationship with them um he's telling his syndicator your vaccine mandate or me you can't have both <clears throat> he prefaced his challenge by saying i don't work for anyone and uh, i'm merely a partner with cumulus he challenged the radio giant on monday's episode to cancel his program vowing not to let this go you can have me or you can have a vaccine mandate but you can't have both i grew up without a lot of money i'm not leaving those guys behind talking about A bunch of cumulus employees, including some on-air people and lots of off-air people, who refused to get vaccinated and had either been fired or quit as of last week. Um, And he's been interviewing them on his show, um, uh, speaking out against their ex-employer, etc. I can't decide. I I think he probably believes it. I think he's probably uh, sincere and He's also, you know, aware that this will make him a, a hero of the anti uh, mandate uh, crowd of folks of which, you know, I am to some extent a member and I know a lot of you are too. I just think private companies can do what they want unless it's abusive or or, you know, violates anybody's human rights. If they say, look, there's there's a disease out here, you got to get vaccinated to work here. I'm for at-will employment. So if I got fired over it, I wouldn't go crying to a court. I would just go find another job. But
4: I'm just surprised they're doing it. I'm surprised they're doing it.
3: Uh, Bongino said, and, and this is an absolutely excellent point, he said there's a real thing called natural immunity. There's an even realer thing called freedom and liberty. This is a constitutional republic. People have the right to make their own medical decisions. I would agree, but again, employment is at will. Ignoring natural immunity is idiotic. I mean, it is impossible to describe how dumb it is policy-wise. Oh, by the way, that uh, journalist who's traveling around Germany observing that they're not as freaked out. Um, maybe we'll get into that more later in, in the hour, but he says uh, they also include natural immunity as you're fine. You don't have to get the shot. Mm-hmm. How, how How could you not? I don't know. It's idiotic. He said Cumulus' bosses were just a bunch of people in the C-suite who thought it would be a good idea to play pretend Dr. Fauci for a minute. Wow, well, he's really getting <laughs> after it.
4: Interesting. Uh, before we take a break, got an Arizona woman who gave birth to a 14-pound baby. Oh, Lord. It's a large child. Woo, that's a BFB. Because a 7-pound baby is a full-size baby. I mean, that's like right in the range of you had a perfectly good size, healthy baby, and she had two of those. Mm. Uh, 14 pound baby. Here's the part I like, though. Um, I was amazed by the weight, said Dad. So they had information. Boy, Dad's a real wordsmith. <laughs> That's what I was leading up to. They, they had information leading up to this that they were going to have a, <laughs> a very large baby. I mean, it like didn't just surprise them. I mean, she was extra heavy and extra big, and you know they do the variety of tests and everything like that. So they knew they're going to have a really big baby. You got to come up with something other than I
0: was <laughs> amazed by the weight. <laughs> 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 hey, Dad. Oh man. <laughs>
3: Well, they they thought Delaney was going to be enormous, our our youngest kid. She ended up not being that big a baby, and now she's very petite. It's kind of funny, but she was a
4: strapping youth. Yeah, they, 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 um, you, you, there's very little um, putting together how big the baby is with how big you're going to be when you're older, right? I haven't seen oh, that no. much. No, and all those charts about she's in the 90th yeah, percentile. All, that's of all it. crap. All that's of all that crap. is crap. <laughs> um, they had estimated he was going to be 13 pound eight ounces, so if you know you're going to have a baby over 13 pounds, it, it crafts something to say. So well, that what do the you media, think of that, Dad I was really amazed by the weight. and then this person, uh here at ABC 10 here in Arizona, they went ahead and printed that quote. So there you go. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> what the guy said. what do you what are you uh, of course, what are you going to
3: say as a BFB? Mom my baby's big. That's a big baby. Right, there, look at that baby. Woo, that's a big baby. Right, you could go with the... Uh, who was the comedian? The, Damn, he's sick. That's a <laughs> sick baby. He a sick-ass baby.
4: <laughs> suppose you could have said that. Uh, Mom said she's very grateful for C-sections. Yeah, all oh, we'll that. Amen to that, sister. Woo! Yeah, buddy. That would not be easy. It would not be possible. Um, I mean... You know, in the early—I was just thinking about this—in the early days of having a baby, you carry it around constantly. I mean, you 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 almost never don't have it in your arms, mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy to carry around a six and a half pound baby. It's almost none—you hardly even notice it's there—and you're like doing dishes and doing stuff, whatever. Sure. Um You got a fourteen pounder you're carrying around. Well, you find a bicep workout too. Yeah. You know, not to get
3: over hev- uh, heavy with this, but um, like that baby. Dying in childbirth was a serious risk oh, back wow. pre uh, modern medical care. Not to get
4: overly heavy, but dying in childbirth used yeah. to be a major risk. Yes. That that,
3: that, that gal th- may not have survived delivering that child.
4: I don't I think you didn't meet your goal <laughs> of not getting overly heavy, taking this to Well, right.
3: I, I swung and I missed. It's very heavy now. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
4: no, absolutely. That'd have been a, that'd have been a rough one.
3: My beloved wife probably would have died giving birth to our first child. It was very complicated and didn't go very well. Um, so, you know, thank goodness for modern medical care. We've made enormous strides in that direction. And as, uh, as what's-his-face in, uh, you know, his book? I can't remember the name of the book or the Moby guy. Kirby, Kirby, Mo- that's, no. that's it, that's it, yeah. No, it's the, uh, the. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by, by emotional memories here. But the free market has lifted up billions and billions of people and, de- and, and delivered this incredible medical care. Um, and there are some who want to claim that capitalism is a bad thing, when in fact, you know, when it's managed properly, it's an absolutely incredible thing uh enlightenment now by you're good at authors you're much better than me was it dr spock no,
4: no. enlightenment now is that pinker or pink pink pinker or gladwell i like get uh, those two pinker. mixed up okay. pinker
3: yeah thank you uh anyway uh so you know thank goodness for for progress we live in one of the best time well the best time it's ever been possible to be alive in spite of some of the uh, rough sides of life these days
4: let me say that i too Appreciate modern medicine. Um, uh, I call it the Tiger King curse. Another cast member of the Tiger King has died. It's just hard to imagine how that could possibly happen. They, they
3: all seemed so healthy and well adjusted.
4: Exactly. Exactly. And, and the limbs that they still had seemed to work just <laughs> fine. Um, new food pyramid information out from the government, like you're going to listen to that and other stuff on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The
2: Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, it's me, the Gabagool,
5: and today I'm gonna teach you how to make these Deeks and Watson hoagie bites for your Halloween guests. but on, this is delicious. Not for nothing, but now you gotta chop them into little pieces so your guests can enjoy them. See what I'm saying? Here you go, tasty hoagie bites.
4: God, nobody capitalized off of being on The Sopranos more than that guy. Vincent Pastore, a.k.a. Big Pussy. All right. Now he's doing ads for a deli. Hey, remember me from that show 30 years ago? I was on for a season and a half. Now
3: here are a bunch of Italian-American stereotypes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked a fair amount about the MIT disinviting this professor, this scientist, because of his personal views on a variety of political things, that which, by the way, are pretty mainstream. Yeah,
3: mostly on just the whole you know, hardcore woke on campus thing.
4: We got another scientist resigning over that. This guy, David Romps. I'll read what he has tweeted out today. Last month, MIT canceled a science lecture because of the invite, invited scientist' political views. That scientist does excellent work in the areas of interest to BASC, which is the... Berkeley Atmospheric Sciences Center in Berkeley, California, and this guy is a this guy is a, a climatologist there. I'm guessing he's a you know cares about the climate, trying to get it fixed, all that sort of stuff. But he's still resigning from Berkeley. Why? Therefore, I asked the BASC facility if we might invite the scientists to speak to us in the coming months to hear the science talk that he had prepared for MIT, and by extending the inv- invitation, reaffirm that here at Berkeley. We're about purely scientific stuff and not a political organization. In the ensuing discussion among the BASC faculty, it became unclear to me whether we could invite that scientist ever again, let alone now. This guy had spoken at Berkeley before. Mm -hmm. I was hoping we could agree that BASC does not consider an individual's political or social opinions when selecting speakers for science events. Um, unfortunately it is unclear when or if we might reach an agreement on this point. The stated mission of BASC is to serve as the hub for UC Berkeley's research on the science of the atmosphere, its interactions with Earth systems and the future of Earth's climate. I believe that mission has the greatest chance of success when the tent is made as big as possible, including with respect to ethnicity, gender, age, disability, sexual orientation, religion, family status, and political ideas. Excluding people because of their political and social views diminishes the pool of scientists with which members of Berkeley can interact and reduces our opportunities for learning and collaboration. He goes on in this vein and says, consequently, I'm stepping down from the directorship at the end of this calendar year or when a replacement is ready, whichever is sooner. So there you go. Yet another uh, um, uh, institution of science putting social politics ahead of science like we're pre-enlightenment. I'm sure his opponents would say, counterpoint,
3: uh, we're in a cult. And you can't <laughs> question the cult. How, they, how they've successfully somehow portrayed perfectly reasonable mainstream views as some, somehow fascist and extreme. And then gotten the, the terrified administrations to go along with them is really something. Uh, as an exercise in, uh, well, uh, it's a raw exercise of power.
4: I admire these people like Peter Boghossian, who I am assuming most of which uh, they aren't independently wealthy, like they need a job like you and I need a job to make a living, but they're willing to leave their really great job, probably their dream job in many cases, Mm -hmm. to make a point. I've been dipping into
3: this piece by Freddie DeBoer. He's a lefty, but he just hates this sort of thing. And he says... Uh, it's the activist class, the Twitter obsessed class, the collegiate class, the vengeful progressive nonprofits that have poisoned the well by normalizing attempts to destroy people they disagree with. No one is saying you shouldn't advocate for your values. You absolutely should be vocal and and uh, passionate, but you don't get to threaten people's lives. You don't get to silence anyone. You don't get to dox anyone. And it's profoundly effed up to try and separate someone from their job in a world where they have to work to eat. That can never be authentically authentically progressive or left-wing. I don't care how righteous your movement is. There's no excuse for that behavior. To put it simply, grow up and stop trying to destroy people. Then one of the responses to that piece I thought was really interesting. It was uh, a posted response. Um <clears throat> the point on I remember a few years ago when this was breaking uh through suddenly being ca- casually accused of racism for things like not voting for Hillary what was weird is that these people who had lived the most lily light lily white lives possible until I graduated from law school I spent most of my life around people of color black people particularly raised in a church 50% black worked a lot of blue collar jobs interacted with black people etc um, all of whom are actual human beings with a wide ver- diversity of the thoughts and opinions. Uh, meanwhile, here's white people or people claiming POC status with no actual real-world P- experience being a POC, stealing their mantle to spout a bunch of things they probably wouldn't be saying. And he's the guy who makes the point that the only black people they've ever known have been at their same super elite universities
4: and think exactly the same. It looks like Southwest has caved to the unvaccinated pilots and other stories on the way.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, You heard it
4: here first. The whole supply chain thing is going to be like the only story in the country leading up to Christmas. I think starting right before or after Thanksgiving. And a lot of it, you could have seen it coming. uh, But everybody's acting for a variety of reasons. Like, "Uh, it's something that happened to us. And what are we going to do? So a lot of it has to do with all these giant container ships that are sitting out there in the ocean and not getting unloaded. And there are a number of things involved in that. And I think that this is just my guess. I don't have anything to back this up. But I think that the administration, the Biden administration, is going out of its way to ignore a number of factors. And just make it seem like, it you know, COVID and supply chain interruption and, you know, factories went offline. And what are you going to do? Uh, as opposed to there are a whole bunch of democratic policies that are playing a role in the supply chain thing. Um, uh, Stupid regulations that don't allow you to ship this from this state to that state. The uh, the new laws in California that have to do with gig workers and truck drivers. The price of gas or fuel in general in California because of the ridiculous taxes. And then... You got the union's uh, involvement in all these, whether it's truck drivers or longshoremen, the longshoremen being the people that unload these, um, uh, these ships. So Google, if you want, longshoremen and automation and read all the stories over the last four or five years or more about the battles between the longshoremen and the forces that want to automate the ports. You see, all over the world, and China especially, they have the ships automated and the ports automated. So you got automated getting the stuff off the ship and then automated once you get on the port to get to wherever it's going to get to get loaded onto the truck. Well, the Longshoremen Union has been fighting that like crazy, particularly at the L.A. and Long Beach port, which, again, that's where 40% of our stuff comes through here in the United States. I'm reading this article, and this one's not even that old. This is from May of 2021, but we weren't talking supply chain stuff at the same level uh, back in May. Latest Long Beach Terminal Automation Draws ILWU Backlash. That's the, um, the, the Longshoreman uh, Union. And the, so they're fighting it really hard. It's stating, to me, weirdly, that if you automate, this is going to cost us jobs. The other side of the argument was we can't keep up with humans um, and we can't afford to do humans if we're going to be competitive with the rest of the country with other ports. Because ships are starting to go to other ports from Long Beach and L.A., going to other ports that are more automated in the United States. Uh, and we can't compete with other countries. But they're just flat out making the case, look, if you automate, uh, we're going to lose jobs. Yeah, that's that's true.
3: It's kind of the way of the world. I mean, yeah. I'm not happy about no, it. If it I sucks. were a longshoreman, I'd feel the same. And if I were a longshore union guy getting a cut of everybody's big paycheck, I wouldn't like it a bit.
4: Yeah, but, but the ports all around the world have been doing 24-hour-a-day uh, work for years, and we haven't been doing it in the United States. They automated years ago all around the world, and we haven't at our two biggest ports in the United States because the union is so powerful. Um I can understand why you'd fight against that, but I'm not sure just stating out loud, if you automate, we'll lose our jobs, is going to sway anybody. There's all kinds of things that have happened to the radio industry that I hate, that have not been good for me, but what are you going to do? Technology changes, time marches on.
3: Right. It's true of virtually every field in America or around the world. But, uh, you know, we'd all don't have super powerful unions that can stop progress in its tracks.
4: How powerful has the longshoreman union been? I think this gives you a little example because they this is from years ago and I don't even know what the issue was. It might have been automation when they were talking about this. I think it was a, yeah, a big strike up in Seattle, in the port of Seattle, as I recall. Um, but it might have been around these same issues anyway. This this is a reporter attempting to talk to a longshoreman and, and get some more info up for a story.
3: Unless you want know trespassing, get out of here. We, you want your f-ing camera broke. You f-ing.
0: We just wanted to hear your. I said report. bye now, or you're going to get trespassing. Well, we were leaving. You are the sitting there. You know what? You dumb mother. F-ing. You like your f-ing glasses? Don't f-ing threaten me, you son of a. F-ing. Word, my friend. Get the f- out of this parking lot right now. Okay, you bet. Bye. Okay, you so later, brother. Get out of here now. You betcha, man. Take your f bitches. I'm not gonna touch that f. I f cold cock him in a heartbeat. I'm with you. Bye. Get out of the f- parking lot. Did we get your name, sir? F- you, you f- That's my name. F- you f- Okay. All we wanted was your opinion about what's going on. You got it. Help Fuck you tell your story. Jennifer, wait for Jennifer Sargent to
2: call you. Wow,
3: it's hard to imagine where the term union goon comes from.
4: <laughs> That's how much they felt like they needed to like massage the press and their message to make sure that they win the day. You're pretty comfortable in your power if you're willing to trust treat the press that way. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty colorful.
3: Yeah. The whole globalization thing and China's enormous part in it is, is the story of our time in a lot of ways. It's certainly the story of the next 25 years, and I can't imagine how this unspools, especially as the... The cold war gets colder slash hotter, depending on which metaphor you'd like to use. And our adversarial uh, relationship with China gets more and more obvious. You have some of America's most prominent and profitable companies utterly up to their necks in, uh, in involvement and in, in what's, what's the term? Addiction need of, of China, the good graces of communist China. And what are they going to do? How are they, even if they want to done couple, how are they going to do it? What does it look like? What would it cost the economy?
4: But back to the supply chain thing, though, just that. I, I think that uh, Joe Biden, since we put everything on the president in the modern world. God, I read an interesting piece the other day from uh, Kevin Williamson, who we've talked about a lot on this show. Uh, a thing about the president being um, almost, uh, what was the term he used? It wasn't fairy tale or mythological I think it might have been magical the president has become almost a magical uh person in in our in our politics
3: like an all powerful wizard
4: yeah where we act like whoever we choose to be president can do and fix all these different things it's just not the way the system is designed but anyway he's it's going to get harder and harder to avoid uh, I think for Democrats, some of the realities of why the supply chain stuff is the way it is, because a lot of them touch on some really old school Democratic points about right. taxes and unions and that sort of stuff and and regulations
3: and, and regulation. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and the point I'm often trying to make, and there are absolutely reasonable regulations out there, but the belief on the left I mean, you're seeing it. Xi Jinping, speaking of uh, China, Xi Jinping actually thinks having built a successful, uh, somewhat free market economy that's enriched the country and enabled them to achieve the status they have. He thinks they can now just utterly put the clamps on it, hook up tubes to it and drain it of its juices, but it will still keep functioning and producing. And I think lefty politicians in the United States think it doesn't matter how many tubes we stick in the free market and drain it of its resources and and the rewards for productivity and success and profit it doesn't matter how much we drain it'll keep showing up it'll keep producing and we've got a great example here now of where it's not uh, light on its feet enough to adapt to a a, sh- a shock in you know the status quo
4: when this argument about automating the ports has been going back quite a while, but you know, it's the sort of thing that flies under the radar. When, when, when are you going to get interest about automating ports? But now all of a sudden it's a big deal, and I'm reading some of the quotes here from this story back in the spring where the one of the representatives for the longshoreman was talking about we don't need to be worried about global com- companies. We need to be worried about our local workers and our local economy and everything. Yeah, well, it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. I can understand why if I'm a longshoreman, I want to not have automation come and take my job. Oh, sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and I would make whatever, you know, nut job argument I could come up with to try to squeeze a couple more years out of my, my sweet gig. I don't blame them for that, for that. But it's it's kind of funny and pretty ironic that the, the guy is talking about, we need to worry about local jobs and local people who depend entirely
4: on a global economy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and if you can unload stuff cheaper and faster with automation... Then other ports are going to get your stuff, or it's just going to be way more expensive to do it, and then so the products are going to be more expensive. I mean, the math just doesn't work, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. Well,
3: there are a lot of things getting shaken out oh, uh, by the vid and resulting, you know, uh, calamities and, and, and missteps, and some of it's good, some of it's ugly. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well. Yeah. I know. I. I like I said. I. I can relate. Yeah. Do I like satellite radio and podcasting and all the different things that have come down the road since I got into the radio industry? Made it more difficult? No, but what are you going to do about it? Right. right. That's why we've embraced podcasting so much.
3: Adapt and overcome. Exactly. On the other hand, you're going to start caring about the ports when, you know, a box of tissues is $175. (laughs) Yeah. Try to get a uh, package of paper plates. That's $500. I mean,
4: I'm going to blow my nose in my sleeve and uh, eat off the floor, for one thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, you have any comment on this? We missed anything? You got anything to add? You can always text 415
0: 295 KFTC. Armstrong.
5: Armstrong and Getty show.
4: It seems that Christchurch, New Zealand, is parting ways with its official city wizard after more than two decades. Hmm. The offensive remarks about women and the local government's new tourism strategy, reportedly spelled as doom. Interesting use of the word spelled there. Pretty clever. Um, They had. I get it. They had an official city wizard there in Christchurch, New Zealand. Okay. Sorry you lost your gig after two decades for offensive comments about women.
3: I I wizarded the best I could. Cast spell after spell.
4: Speaking of offensive, do you think there's much to be made of the fact that David Chappelle and his comedy special has not been canceled by Netflix? Some people are trying to claim that we've maybe crested some tide or something, and now the 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 forces of good are uh, have have the momentum in the fact that netflix stood up to the trans community bullies and didn't cancel them, mm. and this will send a signal to other companies that you can stand up and be okay
3: I would be uh, hesitant to draw any conclusions like that it might be on the other hand you know sometimes the mob comes for somebody and they're well thought of enough or you know, powerful enough or whatever that the mob decides eh, maybe this guy's too much trouble. But then the mob continues marauding and tearing people down. And, and maybe later they come back and they got enough power that the powerful man doesn't stand up to them.
4: Yeah, there's some examples of that around me, too. I can't think of them off the top of my head. But um, I feel like the Chappelle thing, there are two unique things going on here that, that don't happen for most, most everybody else. One, they invested $60 million in Dave Chappelle. That's a lot of money to decide. eh, we'll cancel your special and just eat that 60 million. Uh, No. And Chappelle himself has a few money, if you'll pardon the expression. Mm -hmm. Very few people have that financial situation where you can you you couldn't you could not possibly financially have an effect on Dave Chappelle's life. He's got too much money.
3: Well, and and honestly, I think the fact that he's a black man plays into it, too, because the whole intersectional thing, you just can't quite get up the head of steam to go after a black guy. You can for
4: a white person certainly plays a role in his inoculation. But the fact that he can roll the dice as hard as he can because of his financial situation uh, is is not something that most other people can do. And I think they're going to continue to be just as scared to run up against the mob. In fact, the more I think about it, the more clearly, no, I don't think it's a major deal. <laughs> I think it's a unique situation with a certain subset of characteristics that don't exist for almost everybody. Else. Some other unknown comic comes along, they focus group something that angers the trans community, Netflix is going to say, take out those jokes, or you don't get on our platform. Right. Period. Right. And yeah. and as a guy who makes $50,000 a year as a comic, he's going to say, okay.
3: Well, right. It's like, you know, uh, some of the flaps over pop music in uh, recent years, whether it's this encourages suicide or it's satanic or it's explicit or whatever. If you're some new band that's first, your first album sold 10,000 copies, the record company's going to tell you, no, we're not going to put that out. If you're the Rolling Stones, you put it out. Right. So, you know, who, who knows? Yeah. I had to rush through the end of this, uh, at the end of, uh, segment two of this hour, and I wanted to finish it because it's so good and it's on the topic. It it has to do with the whole uh, woke mob and how vicious they are and how they're the elite of the elite. Um, They're lily white, mostly um, from elite universities. They're financially, they got lots of money, but they're the real stormtroopers of of the woke uh, mob, uh, the Chardonnay Antifa. (laughs) Um, And this comment on this article, I thought was great. Uh, And I think I have time to take my time on this because I babbled through it in too much of a hurry. Um, I remember a few years ago when this was breaking Uh, He mentioned he was called a racist for not voting for Hillary. What is weird is that these people who had lived the most lily white lives possible until I graduated from law school, I spent most of my life around people of color, black people particularly, raised in a church that was 50% black. I worked lots of blue collar jobs. I interacted with lots of black people, few of whom were college educated, none of whom were from elite institutions, all of whom were actually human beings with a wide diversity of thoughts and opinions, uh, but broadly to the right of me. Meanwhile, here's white people or people claiming people of color status with no actual real world experiences, people of color stealing their mantle to spout a bunch of things that the real black people probably wouldn't be saying. But I don't think it's out of malice or duplicity. Okay, he's feeling charitable. I'll, I'll just go with it for now, because when I'd ask black people what they actually know, uh, when I'd ask, oh, when I'd ask what black people they actually know, it would almost always be someone they went to school with another uh, person of color, another elite institution graduate. So in their life experience, this is actually what black people think. They actually do think Latinx is a preferred term because that's what a half Colombian in their Ph.D. program told them. And they haven't had a conversation with Guadalupe and Anhel because they eat at TGI Fridays and shop at Walmart. And really, they find them as icky as they do white working class people. Yuck.
4: Mm, That's
3: pretty good. It's just replacing the voices of working people with those of elites. For
4: final thoughts, Joe Getty.
3: How about a final thought from everybody on the crew? Our technical directors, they're in the control room. We call it his cage. Get back in your cage, Michael, we say. What's your final thought, Michael?
4: Yeah, you know, with all these shipping problems, one of the things that companies might start doing to keep costs down is make everything smaller. So you're going to get, like, macaroni and cheese with, like, three noodles in it in a big box, you know? Oh, yeah. Man, shrinkflation is for real. Awful. Our
3: uh, behind-the-scenes producer, young Alex, is weighing in. Alex? Alex? You know, I make no bones about being a big
5: sports fan. I play fantasy football. I'm in four leagues, which is way too many. Wow. But I won all four this week, so I am riding a high today.
4: You won four
3: different fantasy football leagues. I did. Wow. Wow, you ought to consult. That's where the big bucks
4: are. Jack, do you have a final thought to share? Speaking of seasons, it's pie season I just read up there. I I think that's inaccurate. I think we're into the pie playoffs as we head into thanksgiving and christmas we're beyond pie season and the pie playoffs where only the very best pies compete against each other you know i had a different
3: final thought but uh you remind me i almost bought a pie the other day what kind of i passed on it i actually had a couple of choices that was a mistake well and i passed on it because i'm you know fighting my weight as always and uh i i have regretted not buying that pie every minute since what kind of pie Like I said, I had multi-choices. It's a kind of a homemade, well, it's not homemade exactly, but it's one of those places that, uh, you know, they had had an unbelievable-looking apple pie. They had a peach pie. Judy's not a big fan of the peach, but I am. Uh, They had a pumpkin pie that looked to die for, but I just kept walking. Idiot.
4: It's like when I was buying my pie and I said I like this pie store and somebody said some people refer to this as the fruit stand, but you can call it the pie store if you want. <laughs> Homer. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday.
3: So many people to thank at Armstrong and Getty.com the let's go Brandon Armstrong and Getty t-shirts flying off the shelves. Get one for your, your favorite AG fan for Christmas. See you tomorrow. God
4: bless America. I would like to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel. You
3: are trespassing. Get out of here.
4: You are blanking kidding I me. Know. I know. Are you sure of that, dude? Now I know you guys are having fun playing your game. But damn it. You lousy corksuckers. You have violated my fargin' rights. Get out of here now.
3: Right. And, and you know what? I no, have man. half a dozen hogs in my backyard. Somebody complains. I'll say they're dogs. They, they they're identify big, as exactly. hogs. They're uh, pork retrievers.